All right, good morning, everybody. Can everybody hear me? Working? Okay. All right. Well, we're going to continue in our moving right along in numbers as we look at these pictures and shadows of Jesus in the Old Testament. Jesus said in the volume of the book, it is written of me. And I think we found that, you know, that that's absolutely true in every book um, of the Bible that we've looked at. And, and you know, this is not an exhaustive study. We're, we're just kind of doing a survey and kind of touching on a few in each book along the way. So, but the next one, uh, the next picture of, of, of Jesus we're going to see is, is these cities of refuge. It's one of my favorite studies. It's a really, really neat study. Um, Numbers chapter 35. And uh, a refuge is a place where, you know, you go to escape. It's, it's, it could be just to escape your normal everyday life, you know. Uh, when you get off work, some, somewhere you go, you know, in your home that you just relax for a while. But generally speaking, a refuge is, is a place to, to go to escape danger, you know, to, to, uh, to get to a place of safety. And there's lots of refugees today in the world, especially, you know, refugees of war, all the wars going on in the world today. But in the type we look at today, um, we're all refugees. We're all refugees. Um, number, numbers 35 and verse 6 is the, is the first mention of the word refuge uh, in the Bible. And it, and it reads, uh, Numbers 35 and verse 6, uh, And among the cities which you shall give unto the Levites, there shall be six cities for refuge, which you shall appoint for the manslayer, that he may flee thither, and to, to them you shall add forty and two cities. Okay. So the Levites, uh, they, of course, they had no, no, no inheritance of their own. So 48 cities were given to the Levites. Six of those were cities of refuge. And the purpose of a city of refuge is described um, as you read on. See, I'll read some of this. Uh, beginning in verse 10, it says, uh, Speaking to the children of Israel and saying to them, When you become over Jordan in the land of Canaan, then you shall appoint you cities to be cities of refuge for you, that the slayer may flee thither, which killeth any person unawares, and they shall be unto you cities of refuge for the avenger. That the manslayer die not until he stand before the congregation in judgment. And of these cities which you shall give, six cities shall you have for refuge. You shall, have, you shall give three cities on this side of the Jordan, and three cities shall you give in the land of Canaan, which shall be cities of refuge. These cities shall, uh, shall be, for, be a refuge both for the children of Israel and for the stranger, and for the sojourner among them, that every everyone that killeth any person unawares may flee thither. And if he smite him with an instrument of iron so that he die, he is a murderer. Uh, the murderer shall surely be put to death. And if he smite him with the throwing a stone, wherefore he may die, and he die, he is a murderer. Um, and so on and so forth. Um, and it goes on. Um, let's see what I want to skip down to. Um, Said, verse 24, Then the congregation shall judge between the slayer and the revenger of the blood according to these judgments. And the congregation shall deliver the slayer out of the hand of the revenger of the blood. And the congregation shall restore him to the city of his refuge, whether he, he fled. And he shall abide in it until the death of the high priest, which was anointed with the holy oil. But if the slayer shall at any time come without the border of the city of his refuge, whether he was fled, uh, and the revenger of blood find him without the borders of the city of his refuge, and the revenger of the blood kill the slayer, he shall not be found guilty of blood because he should have remained in the city of refuge until the death of the high priest. Okay, so you kind of get the gist of it. Um, and we'll come back and pick up there as we go along. So this gives you an overview of the purpose of these cities. Um, they served a real need, but they pointed to something much greater, someone much greater. Um, it, it's, really, it's a really strange thing on this idea, this, this idea of these cities of refuge. Um, and like many things in the Old Testament, 
it doesn't really make sense on its own unless it points to something else, you know, in the future. And it does, okay, and that's what we're going to see today. Um, and like any of these types, we need to go to the New Testament to see how this type plays out. So we'll go to, uh, hold your place, go to Hebrews chapter 6 in the New Testament. Hebrews chapter 6. with this idea of a refuge in mind. Hebrews 6 and verse 18 says that, that by two immutable things in which it was impossible for God to lie, we, we might have a strong consolation who had fled for refuge to lay hold upon the hope set before us. Okay, And he goes on to tell who that refuge is that, we've, that we have fled to. Um, verse 19 says, Which hope we have as an anchor of the soul, both sure and steadfast, and which enter uh, into that within the veil, whether the forerunner is for us entered, even Jesus made a high priest at forever after the order of Melchizedek. Um, so there's no question that these cities of refuge are a shadow of Jesus Christ. Okay, They, they, they point to him. Um, the, the, the one, if you're a believer, um, have, have fled to for a refuge. You, know, you did that the moment you believed in Christ. You, you fled to him for refuge. But I want to unpack this and look at several aspects, about seven aspects of how Jesus is our city of refuge, okay, and how all this points to him. How does this speak of Jesus in the Old Testament? Um, especially in Numbers, Numbers 35 that we're looking at. And this is also mentioned in Joshua chapter 20 and Deuteronomy chapter 19. And I'll touch, maybe touch on that a little bit too. So as we look at, as we just read, these, these cities of refuge were appointed by God for Israel as they were getting ready to enter into the promised land and they were, they were given for specific reasons. Um, Go to Deuteronomy 19. We'll look at that, that account real quick. Deuteronomy chapter 19. Go to your right to Deuteronomy, if you're, if you're in numbers. <clears throat> Deuteronomy chapter 19. And beginning in verse 4, and it says, And this is the case of the slayer, which shall flee thither, that he may live. Whoso killeth his neighbor ignorantly, whom he hated not in the past, as when a man goeth into the wood with his neighbor to hew wood, and his, his hand fetcheth a stroke with the axe to cut down the tree, and the head slippeth from the helve and, and lieth upon his neighbor, that he die, he shall flee into one of those cities and live. Lest the avenger of the blood pursue the slayer while, while his heart is hot, and overtake him because the way is long, and slay him, whereas he was not worthy of death, inasmuch as he hated him not in time past. So this manslayer would need, need you know, if he accidentally killed somebody, you know, the example they give is with an axe. That's why I tell my kids, you know, when I'm hitting some of that axe, don't get in front of me because that axe handle, that axe head can come off and it can, you know, if it comes off, it's going to go straight ahead of you. So I'm constantly telling my kids that. But um, so this, this manslayer that, that killed somebody accidentally would need to run, not walk, run, right, um, to the nearest city of refuge. Um, several pictures should start to form in your head when, you, when you're reading this. Um, obviously, number one, um, it was a place to flee. Right now, you know, right now, you didn't want to, you know, wait around and see what would happen when, when you did something like this, you know. Um, see if the, the family got really mad at you, okay? <clears throat> kind of a given. They're going to they're gonna be upset. Um, if, the, if that situation arises when you killed somebody by accident, so, that, you know, the same is true of salvation. You know, the moment that you realize you're guilty, right, that you sin, now is the time. Now is the time to deal to deal with it. Okay, go to go to Second Corinthians chapter six. Second 
Second Corinthians chapter six. Second Corinthians chapter six, look at verse one. Um, Paul says, We then as workers together with him beseech you also that you receive not the grace of God in vain. For he saith, I have heard thee in a time accepted, and in the day of salvation have I succored thee. Behold, now is the accepted time. Behold, now is the day of salvation. So this is sort of an admonition to those of us who are already saved, okay, not to, not to handle the gospel lightly. You know, get out there and get people saved, because the, the time is short, right? Okay, but to those who aren't saved, get saved now. Get saved right now. Don't wait around, okay? But realize the danger you're in. What danger are you in, Okay. Well, you know, the world will say, well, we're all God's children. You know, that's what the world says. No, we're not. You know, all roads do not lead to heaven. That's just, that's not true. Um, John 3.36 makes it clear. It said, he that believeth on the Son hath everlasting life, and he that believeth not the Son shall not see life, but the wrath of God abideth on him. That's the, see, that's the key. Um, every, so every minute that you remain an unbeliever, you're in danger of dying without Christ. That's a scary thought, Okay. Most people don't even realize they're in danger, okay? But when you do, you don't want to put it off. You know, you, you, you want to get there as fast as you can, just like those cities of refuge, right? Um, and thankfully, salvation is fast and, easy, and it's easily accessible, but we'll talk about that in a minute. That, that's one of our other points, okay? Number two, the reason you want to get to that city of refuge quickly is because the avenger had every right to kill you. They had every right to legally kill you. Um, they had a legal right to kill you. Um, go back to Numbers 35. Numbers 35. <clears throat> and verse 26. Let's get down to verse 26. It says, But if the slayer shall at any time come within the, without the border of the city of his refuge, whether he was fled, this is the guy who did the accidental killing, and the revenger of blood, that would be the family, uh, find him without the borders of the city of his refuge, and the revenger of blood kill the slayer, he shall not be guilty of blood. Okay? Um, so, you know, he had every legal right to kill you. Um, so, so God made a provision for the slayer to, to escape. Okay? Um, and this speaks of God's character. You know, people often sort of malign God by making it, making it seem like God is out to get you. You know, he, he's trying to trap you. He, he wants to get you. Okay, um, well, if God wanted to get you, He has every legal right. He could get you if He wanted. He could get every one of us because we're all guilty. We're all we're all we're all the manslayer. Um, Romans six twenty three says that the wages of sin is death. Okay, we we earned it. We've all earned it. Okay, He could kill every single human being right now, and He could legal. He would be just in doing that um, because we've all you know, like Romans three twenty three says, we've all fallen short of the glory of God. Um, Isaiah 53, verse 6 says, All we like sheep have gone astray. We've turned each one to his own way. Um, so the avenger has every right to kill the slayer, right? Um, the law, God's law, is, is basically the sinner's avenger, okay? The law demands death in light of God's justice, okay? Um, go to 2 Corinthians chapter 3. Second Corinthians chapter three. Look at verse six. It says, "Who also hath made us 
able ministers of the New Testament, not of the letter, but of the Spirit. For the letter killeth, but the Spirit giveth life. Okay, the, the letter is, is just another word for the law. Um, but the, but if the ministration of death, written and engraven in stones, was glorious, so that the children of Israel could not steadfastly behold the, the face of Moses for the glory of his countenance, which glory was to be done away. Okay, the letter, the law, is called the, the ministration of death. Okay, it's also called, the, in verse 9, it's called the ministration of condemnation. Okay. Uh, neither of those are, are, sound like good things, do they? Um, so the law is basically the avenger in the spiritual sense. Okay? It, it, it's the judge, jury, and executioner of you. Okay? Um, it, it's, it's already found you guilty. You're already guilty, um, and it's coming for you. It's coming for you. It's hot on your heels. Um, just like this relative in, in Numbers chapter 35, you know, that you, that you killed their relative with an axe by accident, but they're coming, they're hot on your trail. They're coming after you. They're going to try to get you. Um, and if they catch you before you get to that city, you're dead. They're going to kill you, right? That's the picture. And again, they had the legal right to do so. Okay. Um, flip back to Romans chapter 7. Romans chapter 7. Sorry, I cut the tip of my finger off cutting an onion yesterday, and now I'm a little handicapped. <laughs> Funny how a little bitty thing will make you say you can't do anything. Uh, Romans chapter 7 and verse 9 <clears throat> says, Paul says here, For I was alive without the law once, but when the commandment came, sin revived, and I died. And the commandment which was ordained to life I found to be, un, to be unto death, for sin, taking occasion by the commandment, deceived me, and by it slew me. Wherefore, the law is holy, and the commandment holy and just and good. Okay? So see, the law is good. It's holy. It's perfect. Okay? The problem is we're not. That's the problem. Um, we're sinful, and that's why, especially when Paul references the law, as he does here in Romans chapter 7, he always mentions death. Okay? Um, and he's always talking about getting away from it, you know, get, getting out from under the, under the law or being loose from it. Okay? Um, if you back up to verse 1 there in Romans 7, That's exactly what he says. He says, um, know, know, know you not, brethren, for I speak to them that know the law, how that law hath dominion over a man as long as he liveth. For the woman which hath a husband is bound by, her, by law to her husband so long as he liveth, but if the husband be dead, she is loose from the law of her husband. So see, we have to get out from under that law. We have to run from it, right? Run from it, get away from it. That's what you see with, the, with these cities of refuge. They're running away from the avenger, okay? Just like we're trying to run away, get away from the law. Um, the law that, that allows the family to kill them if they catch them, okay? Um, and running to the city of refuge, running away from the law, running to the city of refuge. You get the picture? Um, this is the foolishness of trusting in your, your repentance of sins to, to save you, you know, which we hear so often today. They say you've got to turn from all your sins. Look, sin is a transgression of the law. That's the biblical definition of sin. It's the transgression of the law. So if I turn from my sins to be saved, okay, if that's what I'm trusting in to get saved, I'm turning to the law. You know, I'm trusting my righteousness, my ability to keep the law, okay, and you can't do it. You can't do it. Um, I'm turning to the very law that's already condemned me, okay. That would be like the person, this, this person, this slayer, running right into the arms of the avenger, okay, that's chasing after them and trying to kill them, okay. 
Instead, you need to run to Christ. You need to run to that city of refuge because he is the city of refuge. Spoiler alert, right? Um, turn to Psalm 91. Back to the Old Testament, Psalm 91. Psalm 91. Beginning in verse 1, we're going to read down to verse 7. It said, He that dwelleth in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. I will say of the Lord, He is my refuge. That is our word. He is, he is my refuge and my fortress, my God, and Him will I trust. Surely He shall deliver me, shall deliver thee from the snare of the fowler and from the noise, noisome pestilence. He shall cover thee with, the, uh, with His feathers, and under His wings shall thou trust. His truth shall be thy shield and buckler. Thou shalt not be afraid for the terror by night, nor the error that flieth by day nor the pestilence that walketh in darkness, nor the destruction that wastes at noonday. A thousand shall fall at thy side, and ten thousand at thy right hand, but it shall not come nigh thee. So see, this all pictures, kind of pictures that city of refuge. You know, it's the same idea. Um, it, it pictured God's protection. Okay, and that's what the city of refuge was. Um, verse 3 says, that he, Surely he shall deliver thee from the snare of the fowler. Okay, again, it pictures somebody trying to get you, right? Um, something you need to escape from. And it, it represents God's law and his legal right to, to have justice done to you. Okay? Um, that's, that, that's the second one. Uh, the third picture we see here is, is the city of refuge was the only place of refuge. Okay? Um, they were specifically for that purpose. Those six cities were for that purpose. They were, they were the only place you could go for refuge if you did something like this, if you messed up. Um, Psalm 62 and verse 6, it says, He, he only... He only is my rock and my salvation. He is my defense. I shall not be moved. So the cities of refuge were the only place you could go for protection. Um, Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No, no man cometh unto the Father but by me. Okay, This clearly pictures Christ because there's, there's only one way. There's one way. The only place that you could go for refuge. Okay, um, The next one, number four, uh, the cities of refuge were close by. Okay, And they were easily accessible. Um, go back to uh, Numbers chapter 35. <clears throat> Numbers 35. Look at verse 13. It says, And of these cities which you shall give, six cities shall you have for refuge. Um, you shall give three cities on this side of Jordan, and three cities shall you give on, in the land of Canaan, which shall be cities of refuge. Okay? So there were six cities. Um, they all had the same function. Um, they all represented the same principle, okay? But there were six. There was three on one side of the river, three on the other, okay? Um, and and that, that, the whole purpose of that was to make it easy, no matter where you live, to, get to, to, to be able to get to one of those cities quickly. And boy, you know, people don't like it easy when it, when it comes to religion, do they? Um, they, don't, they don't like it simple, uh, most people, but God does, okay? He could have made it hard. He could have made it really hard. Um, he, could have said, he could have made one city and said, you know, well, <laughs> if you mess up, you better run fast, you know. Um, especially if you live way over here, you know, you better run fast. It's going to be a long, hard journey and to get there, and most of you aren't going to make it. You know, that's what God could have done, but he didn't, did he? He didn't do it. Um, you know, John MacArthur has a book called Hard to Believe. Um, he, he mixes discipleship and, and, and salvation um, Salvation, I mean, discipleship can be really hard. You know, it can be difficult. Um, with salvation, which is absolutely free and simple, okay, it's simple. 
and it's pictured by these cities of refuge. Okay, um, go to, go with me to Second uh, Corinthians. Hold your place. Go to Second Corinthians chapter eleven. Most of the messages you hear today, that you know, they have salvation. It's always it's always difficult. It's it's always complicated. It's muddy. You know, you, you can't really understand it. Second um, Corinthians eleven, verse three says, uh, "But I fear lest any by any means, as the serpent beguiled Eve through his subtlety, so your mind should be corrupted from the simplicity that is in Christ." Okay, the simplicity that is in Christ. Paul says it's simple. It's not hard or confusing. It's not far away, out of your grasp. Okay, it's close. It's simple. It's free. Okay. And this shows God's character, the fact that he made it so simple, the fact that he instructed them to make six cities, not just one, okay? Not two, six. He wanted them to be saved when they messed up, okay? He, he, he wanted the way to be clear so as to leave no doubt how to get there, right? Same with salvation, same thing. It's, that's what it's a picture of. Um, look at this account. Go, to, um, go back to Deuteronomy chapter 19. It's good that we have these different accounts. It's kind of like the gospel because you get a you get a little bit you get, get a little bit a um, little bit more a little bit different information in each one. Uh, Deuteronomy chapter nineteen, <clears throat> verse two. It says, "Thou shalt separate three cities for thee in the midst of the land which the Lord thy God giveth thee to possess it. Thou shalt pre- prepare thee away and divide the coast of the land which the Lord thy God giveth thee to inherit in three parts." that every slayer may be free thither. Okay, so he said there, he said, thou shalt prepare a way. That's the key. Um, he prepare a way to these cities, clear the path, right? Prepare a way, clear the path. And this, this reminded me of what Matthew wrote about John the Baptist. Um, he quotes Isaiah chapter 40. Go to, go to Matthew chapter 3 with me real quick. Matthew chapter 3. This first popped into my head as soon as I read that about preparing a way. Um, Matthew 3, look at verse 1. It says, In those days came John the Baptist, preaching in the wilderness of Judea, and saying, Repent ye, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Okay, He he didn't say repent of your sins. He said repent ye. Okay, Um, Repent just simply means to change your mind. Okay, We're talking about keeping things clear. Repent means change your mind. It doesn't. It, it, he's not talking about repent of your personal sins. If you don't believe that, take we'll go. We'll take a little side trip real, real quick. Go to Acts chapter nineteen. They'll never take you here. They're just going to say repent of your sins. See, it says repent of your sins. You got to repent of your sins to be saved. Okay, look at look at Acts nineteen and verse four. Then said Paul, John, John. He's talking about John. This is the same John the Baptist. John verily baptized with the baptism of repentance. Here's the definition saying unto the people that should that, that they should believe on him which should come after him, that is on Christ Jesus. That's the definition of repentance as, as far as salvation is go, is just believing on Jesus. Okay. Very clear. I just wanted to point that out before we move forward. Um, but verse three is what I really want to look at. It says, For this um, is he that was spoken of by the prophet Isaiah, saying, The voice of one crying in the wilderness, prepare ye the way of the Lord, make his path straight. Okay, um, so John the Baptist came onto the scene 
First, to make his path straight, okay? To prepare the way of the Lord. Who is the Lord? Jesus, right? He's talking about Jesus. Um, so John the Baptist comes along and he says, that's the Messiah, okay? Point to Jesus. He's the one. Um, whatever you're trusting in, your righteousness, the fact that you're a Jew, your good works, forget all that. Repent. Put your faith in him. Okay, he's the one. That's what, he's, that's what he was doing. So it all points to Jesus. And when God told them to make the cities of refuge, what did he tell them? He said, prepare a way. Okay, prepare a way. So, so what do these, these cities point to? They point to Jesus. Okay, um, it's all about him. The same way that John the Baptist was pointing to Jesus, the cities of refuge are pointing to Jesus. He said, prepare a way. Okay, um, and in type, you, you see how simple it is. You know, Jesus said that, that narrow is the way that leadeth to life. Um, narrow doesn't mean difficult. Okay, it means simple because there's only one there's only one way. Okay, there's only one choice. He made it really simple. Um, you don't have to jump through hoops. You know the way religion tries to convince you. You got to jump through all these hoops. Religion throws stumbling blocks in the road. Right? Um, it makes salvation confusing, and you have no assurance. Right? God said, "Prepare a way. Make it simple and clear how to get to these cities of refuge." Same thing with, with Jesus. Make it simple. Okay, okay. Number five, uh, these the cities of refuge were for everyone. Okay, everyone. Um, go back to uh, Numbers chapter thirty-five. <clears throat> Look at verse fifteen. It said, uh, "These city, these six cities, shall be a, a refuge both for the children of Israel and for the stranger and for the sojourner among them, that everyone that killeth any person unawares may flee thither." Okay, it was for everyone. Okay, go to go to First Timothy. Let's look at a couple of verses. First Timothy chapter two. First Timothy two. I'm in Second Timothy. First Timothy 2, I'm sorry, I'm, I'm going to get there in a minute. Uh, verse 5, uh, For there is one God, one mediator between God and men, the man Christ Jesus, who gave himself a ransom for who? All. Okay? For all. Um, well, it can't mean all. You know, that's what the Calvinists say. It can't mean all. It can't mean everybody. Um, keep going to, to your right. Go to Titus. Titus 2. Look at verse 11. For the grace of God that bringeth salvation hath appeared to all men. All. Look at that. All. Um, you know, Paul said, Paul quoted Deuteronomy chapter 19. Um, and he said, he said, in the mouth of two or, two or three witnesses shall every word be established. Okay. I've given you two. That's two. Here's a third. Okay. Go to, keep going to your right. Go to 1 John. 1 John chapter 2. Look at verse 2. 1 John 2, 2. And he is the propitiation for our sins, and not ours only. Okay, he's talking about believers, but also for the sins of the whole world. He, he, he died for, the, for our sins if you believed on him, but he also died for the people who didn't believe in him. Okay. Um, so who can come? Everyone. Okay. 
That's, that's three witnesses there that everybody can come. And, you know, you know Calvinists will say, you know, that Jesus only died for those who, 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 you know, he chose those who believe, okay? So not everyone can come, right? That's what they say. Um, well, that's to their own detriment, you know, but, but we can look back at these cities of refuge and see in type that everyone can come. Everyone can come. And we see that in our doctrine, too. It says the same thing. Everybody can come. Um, go go to, uh, Rome, back up to Romans chapter 1. Romans 1, 16. It says, For I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God unto salvation to everyone that believeth, to the Jew first and also to the Greek. For therein is the righteousness of God revealed from faith to faith, as it is written, the just shall live by faith. So again, everyone that believes can come, okay, to Christ. Um, just like those cities of refuge that we read about, okay? Everybody can come, whether you're Israel, a sojourner, a stranger in the land, if you messed up, you could run to that city. Okay, same thing with salvation. Uh, number six, uh, back to Numbers chapter thirty-five. Um, if you, you know, after you made it to the city, and you you weren't found guilty of you know outright murder, there was an accident. They found that it was an accident. Um, numbers thirty-five and verse twenty-five. It says, "And the congregation shall deliver." the slayer out of the hand of the, of the revenger of blood, and the congregation shall restore him to the city of his refuge, whether he has fled, and he shall abide in it until the death of the high priest, which was anointed with the holy oil. Okay. So the cities of refuge, were they were a safe haven for the slayer until the death of the high priest. Okay. But once the high priest died, the slayer could go back home. Okay. He was free to go back home. Right. Think about that. Now go to uh, Romans chapter 8. Romans chapter 8, keep that in mind. <clears throat> Romans chapter 8, verse 1, it says, There is there's now, therefore now no condemnation to them which are in Christ Jesus, who walk not after the flesh, but after the Spirit. Okay. Now this is not conditional. Some people read this, this verse and you know, that last part there where it says, who, who walk not after the flesh, but after the spirit. Um, this is not talking about your daily walk, okay? Um, he's saying that those are who are in Christ, okay, you're a believer, you walk after the spirit. This is not saying that if you have sin in your life, that, that you're under condemnation. It's not saying that at all. You know, just the opposite. This is actually a, a passage about eternal security, if you continue to read this chapter. Um, because verse 9, it says, but, but ye are not in the flesh, but in the spirit, Okay. He's, he's saying you are. If you're a believer, you are in the Spirit. Okay, so I just wanted to clear that up. Um, but the, 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 the verse I wanted to notice is, is uh, Romans 8 and verse 2. It says, For the law of the Spirit of life in Christ Jesus hath made me free from the law of sin and death. Okay, so you see the parallel here with the cities of refuge. The high priest had to die to, to set you free to go home, right? Um, his death set you free from the law of the manslayer. Okay. Well, we know that according to Hebrews, Jesus is our great high priest, okay? And very much superior to any, any of the other high priests, okay? Um, go to your right to Hebrews chapter 7, real quick. Hebrews 7, verse 23. Um, it says, and they, were, they, they truly were many, were many priests because they, they, not, they were not suffered to continue by reason of death. They, they were human, they died. But this man, speaking of Jesus, because he continued ever 
hath an unchangeable priesthood, wherefore he is able to save them to the uttermost that come unto him by, to God by him, seeing he ever liveth to make intercession for them. Okay? So when Jesus Christ had given his life on the cross, everybody who, everybody who trusts in his finished work is set free. Okay? Just like in the cities of refuge. Set free to go home and set free from the law of sin and death. Okay? We're no longer bound by the law. Um, Romans 10, 4 says, For Christ is the end of, of the law for righteousness to everyone that believeth. So that means that the moment you believe, the moment you put your faith in Christ, nobody's coming for you. Okay? N no matter what, the, the law can't touch you. Okay? That's good news. That's really good news. Okay? Okay, and finally, number seven. All right, we're almost out of time. Um, outside the city of refuge, there was no escape. There was no escape. Go back to, to uh, Numbers chapter 35. Look at verse 26. <clears throat> it says, In the revenger of blood, find him without the borders of the city of his refuge, and the revenger of blood, kill the slayer, he shall not be guilty of blood. Uh, because he should have remained in the city of refuge until the death of the high priest. But after the death of the high priest, the slayer shall return into the land of his possession. Okay, and notice that that does not mean you can lose your salvation. You cannot lose your salvation. These types have to line up with doctrine, okay? Types only go so far. Don't read too much into them. It's like, you know, parables and things like that. You don't get your doctrine from these things, okay? Um, although they can be helpful to give you good pictures like we're seeing, okay? What we do see in this picture is that outside of Christ, there's no hope. There's no, there's no way of escape, okay? Um, it's either Christ or the law. That's the only two choices you have. You, you either go to Christ or, or, you, or you, you take your chances with the law, you know? Um, there actually is two ways to be saved. You can either put your faith in Christ or you can be perfect. Guess what? Nobody, nobody makes it, okay? So there, there's only one good choice. I'll put it that way. Um, but once you're in Christ, you're inside the city, right? Um, you're absolutely saved. That's what, that's what it's saying. You're absolutely saved. Um, John 10, 28, that's what Pastor Barry's been teaching on is eternal security. Um, Jesus said, I, I give unto them eternal life. Um, that's the only option um, is eternal life. When you, know, when you get saved, you're getting saved for eternal life. It's not probationary life to see if you mess up. The moment you believe, you get eternal life. It's the only choice there is. Okay? Um, uh, he said, and they shall never perish, neither shall any man. That's you too. You know, people say, well, well you could make a choice to, to walk. No, you can't. You can't. It says, neither shall any man pluck them out of my hand. You can't mess up enough to, to lose your salvation. You can't do it. Um, in Christ is in the city. Okay? Of refuge. There's no salvation outside of Christ. There's no salvation in the law. There's only, there's only condemnation. Okay? So, just to finish up here, why is it so hard for most people to find this city? You know? Um, even though you know you're in danger, all these things we've talked about, you know the law says that you're guilty. It's coming for you. Okay? It's the only place you can go to be safe. It's close by. It's simple to get there. Um, anybody can go and get in, right? Uh, well, it reminds me of a question that was asked of the Lord. If you go to Luke chapter 13 real quick. Luke chapter 13. Luke chapter 13, <clears throat> verse 22. It says, And he went through the cities and villages, teaching and journeying toward Jerusalem. Then said one unto him, Lord, are there few that be saved? And he said unto them, Strive to enter in at the straight gate, for many, I say unto you, will seek to enter in and shall not be able. Now, you know, the Lordship folks, will, they love this verse because they'll say, see, you have to strive to enter in, okay? 
Um, salvation isn't easy. It's, it's difficult, right? Um, you have to give up things. You have, to, you have to change your lifestyle. You have to pay some kind of price, right? Uh, well, that contradicts everything we know about salvation, okay? That it's simple. It's free. It's close at hand, just like these cities of refuge, right? And it can be had by anyone, okay? The, the striving here just concerns finding the right gate to enter into, okay? That's all, it, that's all it is. The point the Lord is making is that those who don't know the way to eternal life, okay, they should strive to do whatever it takes to find that gate, to find the right way to, to salvation, to find that city of refuge where you'll be safe once you get in, okay? And it's not hard. You know, he's not far away. Um, go to uh, one more, Acts chapter 17. And in Acts 17, this is Paul told the Athenians that, that, that basically that, that God set up the world in a certain way. Um, Acts 17, verse 27. He said he set up the world in a certain way. It said that they should, they should seek the Lord if happily they might feel after him and find him, though he be not very far from it, from every one of us. Okay? You know, just like those cities of refuge, right? You know, we see the same thing with those cities of refuge. They, they were, they were, he made, God made it so simple. He, he, he didn't make, like I said, he didn't make one city, he made six. And he, he, they were, they were not far from any of us. You know, no matter where you lived in Israel, you could get there. You know, if you, if you stopped what you were doing and you took off, you could get there. That's, that's the whole point. Salvation is the same thing. It's so, it's so simple. Thank the Lord that he made it so simple for us. And we see that in these cities of refuge. We see these pictures, and it points to how God made salvation. Okay? Questions or comments? Okay. All right. I'll close this in prayer. Lord, we thank you so much for your word as we study these cities of refuge, Lord. And they, it's so clear how they point to your son, Jesus Christ, Lord. You made, you made those cities of refuge uh, in the promised land so that, that if, if, if the people, if they messed up, uh, they killed somebody. Uh, it, it's a picture of the fact that we've all messed up, Lord. We've all sinned. Uh, we've all come short. And we need that city of refuge to run to, Lord. You made it close. You made it simple. Uh, just as you've made salvation, Lord. I pray there's anybody here or anybody listening to this today who, 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 who knows they're a sinner. Uh, they know they messed up. They know they've fallen short. Uh, they realize there's nothing that you can do to, to, uh, to save yourself. There's nothing you can give up or start doing or stop doing to be saved, Lord. The, you sent your son, Jesus Christ, to do it all. And we're so thankful for that today, Lord, that, that you made it so simple. If they'll just put their faith in his finished work, what he did, uh, be, you'll be saved just as you are. We're thankful for that, Lord. Uh, thank for your, your simple salvation. Uh, and we pray for the rest of the service today. Pray for Pastor Barry and all the rest of the teachers. And we ask all this in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you all. Thank you so much.